Good morning, City Lift family. Pastor Matt here. Hey, we're back to church at home. Come on, let's just celebrate the small stuff here. Uh, crazy few weeks. Was really excited to be back together. Uh, I want to celebrate right off the bat. We had somebody receive Jesus this last week. We're, we're really excited about that. Uh, now we're back at home. And so, um, you know, Broward has said we, we shouldn't have crowds over 10. We want to kind of follow our community leadership there. And also we were seeing the rise in cases and felt like, hey, let's go ahead and put a two-week pause. So at least for right now, two-week pause, we're going to be church at home. And we'll look at maybe coming back physically. And if we need to give it a few extra weeks, we'll do that. Eventually, COVID's going to end. There's light at the end of the tunnel. It's going to be an interesting few months as we navigate it. So thanks for your grace. Thanks for being a part of today. And uh, we love you. And I, I can't thank you enough. You, it's meant the world to have our friends, our partners, family, church be around us and this mission right now. And you guys are getting us through this. I know everybody's weathering a storm and we're going to weather this and get through it and come out better on the other end. And I really am hanging on to that one. So I feel in my heart and I feel that for all the families and the people in here, I, I know we're all going through a lot, but you're going to get, you know, on the other side of this thing, when the dust of Corona settles, you're going to be the one standing on top. And so we believe in you right now. We're pulling for you. We're praying for you. You're going to get through this today. I really felt impressed as we continue our collection called Goliath must fall. I wanted to preach a message today called the battle, the grind, and the beating. The battle, the grind, and the beating, and how praise is above all, how we can place praise above all of that. And I know the, the title doesn't sound very encouraging, but it really is an encouraging message, message as we look at how do we defeat the Goliath in front of us. And I want to start this morning in the scriptures, and I want to look at Chronicles, Second Chronicles chapter 20. Would you read a few verses with me? And really the whole chapter is amazing. Go back on your own time and read the whole chapter. So, so much truth in it. Uh, but I'd like to go ahead and begin to read in verse one. It says, after this, the Moabites and Ammonites with some of the Munites came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom. From the other side of the Dead Sea, it is already in Hazazan Tamar. Wow, those are really difficult names, first of all. I did okay. Verse 3, alarmed Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. Let's just pause really quick. And in verse three, I love this. I, I love the honesty of the Bible sometimes that it says Jehoshaphat was alarmed, right? He's, he's alarmed. He's emotionally moved. This battle took him by surprise. I think sometimes people think that Christians, that we just live this like oddly stoic life, that we're always in faith, we're always praying, we're always worshiping, that we never have any problems, and that when we hear of bad news, it never alarms us and it never moves us. And you know, that's not true. We, we're not hypocrites, we're humans. Come on, somebody, like we have emotions, we have a mind, we have fears that we struggle with, we have good days and bad days and good months and bad months. We go through things, and when you have a surprise attack against you, 
It alarms you. It moves you emotionally. And I love the honesty of the Bible just to say, hey, the king here, the leader here, he's moved emotionally. He's alarmed. He's scared. He's, he probably felt fear. He, he thought, man, I, my kingdom could be over. All these people that I care about, we could all die in battle. I mean, it really was a serious thing before him. And he's alarmed. He's alarmed. There's nothing wrong with being alarmed. I think one of my big pet peeves in Christianity sometimes is when you're like, hey, how are you doing? And man, they could be like going through it like a loved one might have died and they could have lost their job and all these terrible things are like, oh, I'm blessed. I'm doing good. And I'm like, no, how are you really doing? Like, it's not a sin to talk about reality. It's not a sin to share an emotion. It's not wrong to say, actually, I'm having a really bad six months. It's not wrong to say, actually, COVID has really interrupted my life and I'm not sure which way to run right now. That's okay. That's, that's talking about real life and, and not being fake or not trying to cover it up. And God is in to realness. God is into realness. And I think one of the things that we've kind of drifted away from as a church a little bit, not our church, you know, but I think just the greater church in general, is just the, the, the reality of church, that God is into real life. Like he wants to address actual real pain. Like he wants to solve actual real problems that, that he's into. it. So I love that Jehoshaphat was alarmed. And I love that the Bible says he was alarmed. He's going through it right now. But then, and I love the turn here, and this is where we can pull some wisdom from the text. He then turns to God, that after he's moved emotionally and he reacts to these, this terrible news, he then looks to God and he begins to pray. And, and he begins to call on the people to fast and pray. And now he's looking to God. This is amazing to me, that he had enough wisdom and relationship with God to check in with God first. As they check in with God first, you know, and you've all heard this, this statement, right? Prayer is our first response, not our last result, our resort. And, and he, he, it's his first response. He just checks in with God right away. And so he checks in with God. God speaks through a guy. As the congregation is gathered, God talks through a prophet and God says, I'm going to give you the victory. I'm going to go before you. I'm going to fight this battle. In fact, the prophet says, the battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. What an amazing revelation. The battle's not yours. It is the Lord's. He's going to go before you. Gather, go out to the battlefield, but God is going to go before you. And then actually in this text, Jehoshaphat decides to lead with the worshipers. He puts the praisers up front and that is how they approach the battle. And as they are praising, the Bible says in, in, in Chronicles 20, in this text right here, that God actually sends an ambush, confuses the enemy, and they attack and destroy each other, that he brought confusion on them. And all they did is they'd show up to the battlefield and then they collected all the items that were left behind and came back in a lot of wealth. And so what started out for evil and to destroy them turned out actually for their good because God went before them. Here's what I want to say from this text in the battle part. How many battles do we lose in life because we never check in with God first? Wow. How many opportunities do we miss out on? How many battles get us and get the best of us because we never take the time to hear what God has to say 
about it. Unfortunately, I feel like so many people live as Christian atheists. They say they're Christian, but they actually don't have an active living prayer life. They're not hearing from the voice of God. They're not engaged in relationship. That when a battle comes at them, they don't actually take the time to hear what the battle plan is. I love this quote from Sun Tzu, which he wrote a book thousands of years ago called The Art of War. He he was a general. And he said, victorious warriors win first and then go to war, while defeated warriors go to war first and then seek to win. Wouldn't it make sense as believers to find out what the battle plan is first, to go to war in the spirit get God's victory, get the plan, and then go to war. Man, how many things have I missed in my own life because I didn't have God's battle plan up front? I shared this last week when I was preaching that in 2008, 2009, when we started our our first ministry and we would travel around and did a lot of missions, and that first year was really, really hard. I had a Goliath shouting at me every single day. I wanted to quit in ministry. It just was so challenging. And I, I didn't feel, um, just to be honest, man, I didn't even really feel like a man. I, I didn't feel like I was succeeding in life. I felt terrible. I was having a hard time providing for my wife. And, and, and if you're a guy out listening right now, you, you know what I'm talking about. You know what that feels like when, when you're working so hard and yet you're getting defeated and, and it just feels like you're running, but you're like that hamster on that hamster wheel and you're exerting all kinds of energy, but you're not getting anywhere. And that is like one of the most frustrating feelings ever. In fact, I think it was Albert Einstein that said, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. When you're living like that, when you're doing all you know to do over and over again and you're not getting anywhere, there's no different results, you feel like you're going crazy and, and it just you just don't feel good about yourself. And man, that's that's what I was doing in that year. Like I did not feel good about myself. I was not winning the battle. And battles are important because if you win enough battles, man, eventually you can win the war, right? It's so it's like, man, I'm losing here. And I, and I began to pray. And I remember when I first started praying, I had so much fear, so much worry, so much just self-doubt and um, almost just, I don't want to call it like depression, but definitely a lot of negative self-feelings. And as I was praying, I couldn't even hear God's voice. I mean, for months, I just, it felt like heaven was a closed door. It felt like God didn't care about me and my problems. Um, it felt like he was a million miles away. And I just kind of kept praying. And then when I really, really wanted to quit and I really wanted to give up, I would hear just this still small voice in my heart. Don't give up. I'm going to bless you. Keep going. Give it one more week. You know, and just these small little nudges in my heart. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. And I'm so glad I listened to that. At the time, it just felt like God was lying to me. But I just, I'm glad I listened to that inside small voice of the Holy Spirit just nudging me forward, nudging me forward. Well, about a year into this process, and I'm struggling with this battle, I'm losing it almost, I I went to a conference. And in that conference, during a time of worship, while I'm praising God and worshiping, I just hear God speak to me so clearly in my heart. And he gave me a few instructions on how to turn everything around. 
you know what? I listened to those instructions. I applied those instructions every single week. And man, within a few months, things started turning around. Within six months, things really were turning around. And within a year, things actually got kind of fun. I was amazed at how listening to God's instructions brought about the victory in my battle. Can I remind some of you this morning, you are not alone in your battle, that God is with you. This battle that's before you is not yours. It is the Lord's. And God has a plan of victory. Let's take the time to check in with him and hear what he has to say and follow that. Now, as we do that, I want to remind us, Exodus 23, 30. Would you read this with me right now? Little by little, I will drive them out before you until you have increased enough to take possession of the land. This is a really important truth to hold on to. A lot of times, things don't just happen overnight. Sometimes it takes time. Sometimes it's little by little. It's one little step in front of the other and God will turn it around. You know, if God gave you everything all at once, it would overwhelm you. It would overwhelm you. It would be too much. And that's what God told the children of Israel in Exodus. He's like, if I give you all this land right now, if I give you all the blessing that I want to give you in my heart, if I gave it to you right now, it would overwhelm you. You couldn't handle it. So I got to give it to you piece by piece. You know, honestly, if you look at our church right now, this is how God is blessing our church. He's giving us the land piece by piece. I'm so grateful we broke the hundred barrier. I'm probably more grateful than anyone else in our church because that one is such a hard one to break. And I'm like, thank you, God. We did the impossible. We, we broke the first one. But you know, if God gave us a thousand overnight, to be honest, we couldn't handle it. We have to grow into the next level, little by little, piece by piece. One of my big pet peeves right now is when people are like, oh, you're just a small church. I'm like, bro, let me explain something to you. You know, like we are not a small church. We are a church that has started. We are a growing church. I'm going to throw a picture of uh, this redwood up right now. Go ahead and look at this picture of a redwood. It is so massive. You can drive a car through the trunk of this redwood tree. That's pretty big. Now I'm going to show you another picture. This is also a redwood. It has all the genetic material that the other tree has. It's just starting. Come on, are you seeing what I'm seeing? My son Zeeland, he's not small. He's starting. He's beginning. This is why the Bible says don't despise the day of small beginnings. Because all the genetic material is there. God's got the plan. He's got the victory. He's got the power. We're just starting. Come on, we're a year in change in this journey. And with a little bit of an interruption, we are starting. And yet God is still blessing and he's still moving everything forward. I don't know what you're working on right now, but I'm going to tell you that God's going to give it to you little by little. That one little battle at a time, that one little victory at a time, just be faithful to follow his plan. I don't know who needs to hear this right now, but I am telling you, be faithful to the thing that he asks you to and tells you to do. Even if the victories are small, even if it's little by little, you're not small, you're starting. Be faithful to the battle plan and put your praise first. Lead with your 
praise. Your praise will confuse the enemy. It'll encourage your faith. It'll remind you of how big God is. Praise is not based on a circumstance. It's based on a person who's on his throne who never moves. If I was in person, I'd be preaching this thing right now. Let's go on to the grind. So the battle the grind. I think the most dangerous thing for our faith is not the battles. Although they are scary and alarming, I think it's the day-to-day grind of life. I think it's the coffee, the kids, the car, the car keys, the customer, the cash, the company, and the corona. Come on, I tried to do it all C's, but I just threw a couple K's in there. But I just wanted you to remember that. Come on, guys. It's, it's all these little things the day-to-day grind, and quite honestly, it's exhausting. It is exhausting dealing with everything we're dealing with in 2020. And on top of that, do we have enough cash? Where are my car keys? Why do the kids act bad? Why can't I get enough sleep? It is exhausting. Look at this in Mark chapter four and verse 18. Others, Jesus explaining the parable of the sower. Others are like seeds sown among thorns. They hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things comes in and chokes the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Still others are like the seeds sown on good soil. They hear the word, receive it, and it produces a crop 30, 60, or 100 fold. What happened in 18? What happened to those seeds? It was the cares and the worries of this life. The day-to-day grind eroded their faith. You know, if you look at a massive canyon and you see how water over time eroded these powerful mountains and rocks away, this is what the cares of life will do to our faith. Even though faith is massive, it's vibrant, it can move a mountain, it's potent stuff. Even a small amount, Jesus said, can move a mountain. It's amazing, it's explosive. Yet, the cares of this life can erode away at our faith. Just the exhaustion of dealing with all of this. What is our antidote? What's the vaccine to the cares of this life? It's praise. It's praise. 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Jesus understands the grind of daily life. And so he says, listen, don't carry it, cast it. Don't carry this junk, cast it. We're getting ready to travel up north for my sister's wedding. We're so happy for my sister, Jenny. She's getting married. They were going to get married next year. Corona came. They said, forget it all. Let's do a very small wedding, you know, outside and social distance and all that stuff. So we're all safe. And so we're like, all right, let's just, let's go for it, you know? And so, (laughs) excuse me. So I'm going up for this wedding in next week. And uh, when I travel by myself, I actually enjoy flying. Uh, I used to travel at least once a month. And and the reason I enjoy flying is because all I do is take a carry-on or a backpack. It's very, very light. I travel very, very light. I get in, I get out easy. But when I have my family, and of course I love my beautiful babies, there's nobody like them. Um, But it's somehow when you have kids, like I have two kids, yet somehow the luggage multiplies like, I don't, I don't understand the math there, like how, how like one kid, you know, when you have like one baby, you fly with one baby, it's not one bag, it's like five bags. 
You know, and so all of a sudden, man, I'm like this beast of burden loaded down with luggage, wheeling like with both hands and like a backpack in the back, a backpack in the front and a baby somewhere. It's like, how is this possible? So much luggage. You know, it's, it's, an ex it's exhausting is what I'm trying to say. Is when I travel by myself, it's light. When I, got, when I got the fam, it is an exhausting experience. How are you traveling through life right now? Are you carrying a lot of luggage or are you traveling light? Jesus understands that the more that you carry, the more, the more of this world's problems that you carry, you're going to get heavier and heavier. You're going to get exhausted. Yet if you cast that care on him, it's going to be light. Our vaccine is praise again. Psalm 1611, you make known to me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. In God's presence is fullness of joy. This is powerful because God's joy is my strength. If your strength is low, jump into his presence, right? He's going to give you joy. He's going to give you strength. And Psalms 104 says this, enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. How do you come into God's presence? Praise. Praise. Praise reminds me of how big my God is and how small my cares are compared to my God. As I begin to praise, it puts me in the right place. I can cast my cares back on him and begin to travel light. Your life is not in your hands. They are in Christ's hands. Your cares, they should not be in your hands. They should be in Christ's hands. He wants to carry them for you. He, he's, his burden is easy. It's, his yoke is light. Let him carry a lot of things that you're carrying right now. You're going to travel a lot lighter. You're going to enjoy life a little bit more because you're going to be full of his joy. Is there a lot of craziness out there? A hundred percent. Yet I can still travel light as we go through this wild thing called life. Okay, last one. Hopefully you're trekking with me so far. You're doing amazing. I'm sure at this point, watching online again, you've already had like five interruptions and a family member's calling out for you. Maybe your kids are acting up. So I just want to applaud you for hanging in there already to this point. You are amazing. You're amazing. The beating, right? The battle, the grind. And the last point I'm going to make today is the beating. This is going to come from Acts chapter 16. Would you look at that with me right now? About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword, was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, Don't harm yourself. We are all here. Now, I doubt that morning when Paul and Silas woke up that they would expect to be thrown in jail that night and spend the night in jail and in chains. This beating kind of came out of nowhere. How many of you know it's always the punches you don't see coming are the ones that hurt the most? You just weren't ready for it. Well, these guys, they were not planning on getting beat that day. They were not planning on going to jail. The crowd flipped and turned on them, and it came out of nowhere. And yet, in, their, in this jail cell, they're in this beating. Uh, they're not cursing the darkness. They're not blaming the devil. They're not complaining about it even. They're, they're not bitter toward the people that did this to them. They're simply praising God. How can you defeat a Christian that responds this way? And the truth is you, you just can't. This is, this is perfect response. When we go through emotional pain, sometimes it's very disorienting. You, you can't tell who's friend, who's foe, 
where True North is really at. It, it just kind of has a way of really tying up our, our hearts and our souls in, in kind of a funky way. It's almost like a ball of yarn and imagine tying it to a million different knots. That's kind of what emotional pain and spiritual pain is like. It's like being tied into a wild ball of yarn and now I got to unwind it. But what praise does is praise recenters me. It brings me back to an eternal perspective. It reminds me that I serve a bigger God than what I'm going through. It reminds me that my circumstances change, but my God never does. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so praise recenters me. Praise changes my perspective. It allows me to see the greatness of God as I go through the mundane and as I go through the trials. And then praise, man, it has the power to shake prison doors, has the power to unleash chains. You know, I don't know what kind of chains maybe have been holding you down for a while, but could it be that as you put a praise on those chains, that you'll see the power of God and things that held you back would begin to fall off and doors that you couldn't open for yourself will swing open because you chose to put a praise on that and God is moving now. You know, and, and what I love about this is they would, have, they would have praised God whether they got out of jail that night or not. I would imagine they would have done this for a week or 10 days or however long, you know. But what I do love about this is sometimes when, when you do get the beating, when, when you do get shoved down, sometimes, yeah, God takes a month, sometimes he takes a week, but sometimes, don't you just love it when he comes in and does the miracle and moves and you're just like, how in the world am I standing here? You know, as I look back on so much of my past and my life, I feel like I'm reading somebody else's story. Because as I have praised and as I have known God and grown in God over the years, man, I just feel like I'm reading someone else's story because I can't emotionally relate to that anymore. What I do know again is that whether God does it immediately or maybe over the course of time, man, praise will shake those prison doors. I love this verse so much because it says that everyone's chains fell off. The doors open for everybody, right? I mean, and, 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 I, and as they were praising, it said everyone else was listening. Right now in 2020, I believe that the world needs to hear the church praise. They need to be reminded of the love of Jesus. They need to know that this is not all there is, that there is an eternity out there. They need to know that there is a greater form of love and that they can actually have a relationship with God. They need to hear our praise. And our praise, yeah, it'll set us free and it's for us. But man, could it be that your praise is for somebody else too? That as you praise and as you elevate God, that God will move and he'll break chains that we could never have broken in our own power. Church, I don't know what you're facing right now this week. I know that a lot is going on in 2020. It is probably one of the most wild years that I can ever like think of, right? I mean, we are making history right now. What I do know is whether you're in the battle, maybe you're just in the day-to-day -day grind, maybe you took an unexpected beating recently. I know that praise can be above it all. And as we praise that God will go before us, that he'll help us travel light, that even if we've taken a beating, that God can like unshackle those chains as we praise and praise puts my perspective in the right place. What I do want to close with is just encourage you, don't let go of your praise. Your praise right now is one of the greatest things that you have as you faith face your Goliath. You keep your faith. You make that stand. Paul says, when I've done everything else, I have chosen to stand. Sometimes, church, we just have to stand, thank God, and praise Him and watch Him bring about His move in our lives and watch Him bring us the victory. Church family, thank you so much for checking out today's message. We love you. We miss you. 
hey, give us a shout. We want to connect with you. Make sure you are doing well. As we wind down today, a uh, couple of things. First of all, if you're a part of City Lift family, can I encourage you to continue to give and tithe? We appreciate you so much. Even though we're not meeting physically, we still do have an overhead and a budget. We have missionaries we want to support. And so if you have means right now, thank you for being a blessing and continuing your tithe. It's literally pushing this gospel forward. Even last week, we had someone receive faith in Jesus. And I want to celebrate you. That's happening because of your you're giving, you're making a difference. If you have need right now, you know, COVID round two got you a little bit, let us know. We're here for you as a church. We'd love to see of ways we can meet your practical need. And man, we mean that, okay? So also, if you've never made a prayer to decide to make Jesus the Lord of your life, there is no better decision you will ever make in this life than following Jesus. I made a decision to do that at 17. God has radically transformed my life and he will do the same for you. He loves you enough right where you're at, but he loves you so much he won't leave you there. If that's you this morning, would you just say a simple prayer? Lord Jesus, come into my heart. God, forgive me of all the things that I have done wrong and selfish. I want to live for you. God, be my father right now. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, hit us up online. There's a link coming up right now. You can hit that as well. We want to hear from you, help you take your first steps in a relationship with God. Church family, we love you. We'll see you next week online as Mary Ellie preaches an awesome message as we wrap up our collection on Goliath Must Fall. Have an awesome week. Thank you.